Welcome to The Portable Pastor, a podcast of relevant biblical teaching, linking ancient truth with today's challenges. Each week, Pastor Mike will share God's Word to help you and remind you that God is pro-you. So download the outline from fbcclover.life and get ready to hear today's teaching. Here's Pastor Mike. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. I haven't posted a podcast in about three or four weeks, but it's time to get back to another teaching from God's Word. If you'll take your Bibles and turn to Psalm chapter 20, we're going to look at the roles of blessing. Unless, of course, you're driving like my friend Brian, then just listen and we'll uh, I'll read that for you. While you're turning there, let me say that in the in the South, we often use words inappropriately. Everyone knows this, and some of us are proud of that fact. Today, I'm going to be talking about the word blessing in Psalm 20. But first, let me just point out a few ways that we use that word in the South that may not be exactly right. Now, I've noticed that we have a, a common use, a reverse use, and a misuse of that word bless or blessing in our culture, in our context. And and none of those really reflect the term that's intended to be used, especially here in Psalm chapter 20. We commonly use bless to wish someone or or, or a group of people a, a farewell or a good wish, right? On, on this side of the, the north-south life, uh, line, we we often attach the, the name of God to to that word, but usually it's only in passing. We we say God bless you a lot. So God bless it, it can really just mean thank you. Unfortunately, this has nothing really to do with God the way that most people use it. So you give to the needy and they might say God bless you. Now they're not talking about God. They're just saying thank you. We also say God bless or God bless you to mean you know I hope you have a good trip or or I hope it goes well for you today. So again, it's not exactly about God being the blesser. It's just an extended uh, farewell or extended good uh, good wishes to you, right? So the phrase "May God bless us all" can mean, uh, you know, it, it could be godless too. It, it it could mean I hope that we have a good return from our work today, or or I hope we don't die from what what I'm about to do, the decision I'm about to make. Again, the, the word really doesn't have to do much with God at all. Even when we say God bless the United States of America, we know what that means. That means I'm done with this speech and I hope you're going to vote for me again. <laughs> That's the common use of bless in the culture. But I said there's a reverse use too. It's it's not an extension of good wishes. Good wishes. It's, it's the opposite, right? You know, we would say God bless you or, or we extend good wishes to encourage and build someone up. But in, in this reverse use, it can be used as a cut down. The reverse use is very prevalent in the South. We say bless his heart. That Now that's an idiom in which someone is thought of as dumb or or when they do something stupid, we might say that. For example, when someone's pulling on a push-open only door, or when they're wrestling with the shopping carts trying to get them apart, that is hilarious. And we might say, "Oh, bless his little heart." That's what we mean in the South, and that's not a that's not building someone up. That's saying that that's a special person right there. So when when more than one person is involved, we might say, "Bless them." Oh, bless them. Again, this is used in jest when we when we feel sorry about the state of a a group of people. For example, 
to say you and a, a friend are in the Walmart parking lot and an oversized family and nine pulls up in a in a in a 25 year old two-thirds peeled off wood panel station wagon right a, a real hoopty and it backfires when they put it in park and you might be tempted to punch the person that you're there with and say look 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 oh bless them when they start pouring out of that that car and women especially women in the south say that's my blessing you know that that phrase is used when a a family member does something that's embarrassing, right? For example, you're at a soccer game. You look over and you see your little boy with his soccer shorts around his ankles. He's peeing on the field because that's what he does at home. And you, and you might lean over to another parent, another soccer mom, and say, well, that, that's my little blessing right there. Or when your husband comes in Sunday service, you know, after you've already been there and they come in and they're wearing a burgundy sweater and red pants, you say, hold on, don't get jealous, girls. That's my blessing right there. So that's the reverse use of blessing. But there's also a misuse. It's a flat out wrong use of the term. We say bless you after someone sneezes. And that was that's because, you know, people used to think that, you know, that sneezing caused your heart to stop a beat. And if you didn't say bless you, it may never start back. Another group of people used to think that when you sneezed, your spiritual defenses went down. And if you didn't say bless you soon enough that the demonic could enter into someone. So we say bless you. And that's that's not the right use of the term. You know, and you ask someone, how you doing? And you might get this response. Well, I'm too blessed to be stressed by the devil's mess. <laughs> we hear that a lot in the South. Well, well, well stress can be a good thing. Because stress pushes us to achieve. So when someone says, I'm too blessed to be stressed, does that really mean that, you know, I'm really too blessed to accomplish anything today? <laughs> you know, and, and we say before a meal, let me say the blessing. That that one I don't understand. That is a completely wrong, that's a misuse of the word. I mean, who cares if another person blesses your food? If I walk up to you at, you know, at at, uh, at McDonald's and I look at your hamburger and I say, you know, bless you, bless the, the, the onions, bless the pickles, bless the buns. Who cares? Who cares about that? We should be asking God's blessing, not saying the blessing. So we misuse that. And especially in the South, we say, Lord, bless this mess. Now, now. In essence, Lord, I know I made this mess, but would you bless it anyway? Well, why would the Lord want to bless your mess? I mean, you clean it up, then he might bless you. Is that That's just an obvious misuse. Well, today, I want to look at the roles of blessing in Psalm chapter 20. And David wrote and sang these over, over uh, a future kings of Israel, right? So David knew that every mounting man, every leader, every king must have the Lord's blessing to have lasting success. So he wrote a prayer uh, a song, really, literally a psalm, asking God for his blessing upon future leaders. And he mentioned the roles of blessing in that psalm. So when it when it comes to blessing, we're going to find out that God has a role and, and we have a role. So let's read the whole psalm, then we'll come back and pick it apart to understand our part in God's part in that blessing. So Psalm uh, 20, follow along or just listen if you're driving. May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. May the name of God of Jacob protect you. May he send you help from the sanctuary and give you support from Zion. May he remember all your offerings and regard your favor with, with burnt offerings, Selah. May he grant you with your heart's desires and fulfill all your plans. May we may we shout for joy over your salvation in the name of our God. Set up our banners. May the Lord fulfill all your petitions. 
Now I know that the Lord saves his anointed. He will answer him from whom his from his holy heaven with the saving might of his right hand. Some trust in chariots, some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. They collapse and fall, but we rise and stand upright. O Lord, save the king. May he answer us when we call. But let's first look at, at God's part. His role in the blessing. Understand that, that he is the, the primary blessing giver. It's not us, it's him. And what does he bless us with? Well, verse 1 says he blesses us with protection. May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. May the name of, the, may the name of God of Jacob protect you. David, David probably wrote this about threatened kings and, and, and their causes for going to war. They, they, they desperately needed God's protections. Their, their lives, their kingdoms were frequently in danger. But for us, this, this can just refer to a general protection. Right, maybe not from an invading takeover, or or definitely, uh, you know, from from that. But it's definitely from disease and disaster and, and a diabolical devil. Do you, do you realize how many times a day you could be killed? You know, there's there's flesh eating and brain eating bacteria out there just waiting to jump on our body. It's true, it's true, and and we take. We, we take safe road travel and, and sanitary food and water, thwarted attacks uh, uh, you know, from nature and the safety of structures and in an ever-changing environment. We take all those things for granted. We, we might even think that we caused our own protection. <laughs> That's a joke. We, we live in a fallen world riddled with decay and headed for destruction. We, we daily escape these things. And it's, it's a miracle, but we don't see that. We're so accustomed, so used to his protection against these things, we just don't see them. And when we get into trouble, when we do get into trouble, and we do experience some of these things, God, well, most of the time, protects us from their, their deathly consequences. He offers us protection, at least until it's time for our discipline or it's time to deliver us from himself, right? So, so God offers protection. He blesses us with that. But next, David points out that God blesses us with assistance. Verse 2, may he send your help from the sanctuary and give you support from Zion. David included this phrase, from his sanctuary, because that's where the Ark of the Covenant was. It was the, the object proving God's presence would be with his people in battle. For a king to ignore that blessing, going to war without or with or without that, that Ark, that was idiotic. Today, many of us have that same mindset. Now, we don't have the Ark of the Covenant. Wish we did. We don't know where that thing is. But we have the same mindset. It's really the mindset of a toddler. I can do it all on my own. My grandkids used to say, Poppy, I do it by myself. <laughs> they they usually made horrible disasters, and, and we would have to come back and clean it up and do it again. Listen, we, we were created, and we are fallible beings made in the image of Jesus, right? We were eventually. We, we will eventually be given new bodies, perfect bodies, but, but we're not physically and spiritually there yet. We need help. Sometimes we're just too proud to take his assistance. We must remind ourselves that divine assistance is a tremendous blessing. And then David says, God blesses us with favor in verse 3. May he remember all your offerings and regard your favor with, with burnt sacrifices. Oh. And regard, let me read that again. I messed that up. May he remember all your offerings and regard with favor your burnt sacrifices 
And then he uses this little word, Selah. Selah is just a, a phrase in the in the song, like an instrumental part in the middle so that the singer could, could stop singing and reflect on what he just sung. Well, for a king to have God's favor in dealing with his problems and, and, and dealing with enemies, that, that meant that God was on his side. That was a, a big confidence booster, to say the least. We can, we, today, we can be bold in dealing with things. God still grants us favor, and that may not sound like a big deal to you if you don't think about those things, but the truth is, the American mindset has taught us, this is what's going on, and I don't care who has an issue with it. We don't care what others think when, when we want to do something. That's what we say, but maybe we should. Maybe deep down inside, we really do care what others think. And we should care what God thinks about our life choices. There, there's no assurance of rightness or success without without higher approval. There is no assurance of that. It's a tremendous blessing to have God's favor. For for without it, we're probably going to fail. And even even if we succeed, God sees no value in that success. He received no glory from it. So we value the blessing of His favor. Next, David reminds us that we are blessed with fulfillment. Listen to verse 4. May he grant you your heart's desires and fulfill all your plans. Listen, a king's fulfillment from from a battle that's won or, or a building project that's completed, that was a tremendous joy, but it was short-lived. There was always another opponent heading his way. There was you know, any structure completed for personal gain. It didn't fill that void very long. They wanted to build something else. Fulfillment from personal gain or, you know, fulfillment from personal success, apart from what God will will offer, will, it's going to always be short-lived. The, the joy from a material thing, a completed project, a victorious struggle, it will always diminish over time. Only when an accomplishment transcends time can, can it be or offer lasting fulfillment. It, it just can't be gained without that. It has to transcend time. That's why working to build God's kingdom brings uh, lasting fulfillment, because you're working outside of time. You're building an eternal kingdom, and, and, and defeating a spiritual foe transcends time too. Time and space, that, that's why you know spiritual warfare, winning in spiritual warfare is so fulfilling too. Remember, God's heaven, where he's enthroned, it transcends time. That's why his fulfillment is lasting. So we should seek the blessing, that blessing from God in, in fulfillment in terms of, of spiritual matters, of building a spiritual kingdom, of, uh, one day a physical kingdom, but right now a spiritual kingdom. Next, David says, God blesses us with answered prayers. Listen to the third part of chapter, I mean, of verse five. May the Lord fulfill all your petitions. Many of the kings of Israel asked God for help. They asked God for victory in battle. And when that battle was fought according to God's direction and being fought for his glory, he answered those prayers with his work. Well, today, God answers prayers too. Sometimes he moves just like we ask him to. Sometimes he goes another route that's better for everyone involved. And sometimes he delays his answer until the perfect time. But he always answers the prayers of his children. Now, don't be duped into thinking he's not listening. He's listening. Don't be duped into thinking he's not interested in your prayers. He's interested. He loves communication with his children. This is why we 
we have the Bible. This is why we're given the privilege of prayer. This is why the temple curtain was torn in two so that we could have full access to conversations with God. He loves talking with his children. So count it a blessing when you get to talk with, with Almighty God. Next, David says that we're blessed with assurance in verse 6. Now I know that the Lord saves his anointed. He will answer him from the holy heaven with the saving might of his right hand. Sometimes the king would would be uncertain of the outcome of a battle. And that lack of confidence would haunt him. And it would eventually leak down into his army, causing them to question their actions too. This would cause cause fear, a fear of the unknown. What's going to happen? It would creep into the hearts of those involved. And that's not a fun place to be for someone in a huge battle or, or doing a big project. We suffer when we question ourselves over a big decision today. When we have doubts about you know, something that's standing in our way, a significant obstacle or a demonic foe, and we question ourselves, am I doing the right thing? Or, you know, I'm not sure I can overcome this thing. And those things can lead to doubt and depression and even defeat. Assurance, on the other hand, is a, is a big motivator for action. Godly assurance is a, is a blessing that can motivate us to achieve great things. It can motivate us to defeat powerful evils or overcome significant obstacles. That assurance that comes from godly approval is a huge blessing from God. Well, that's God's part. He blesses us with protection and assistance, favor, fulfillment, answered prayers, and assurance. That's his part. That's his role. Now let's look at ours. Understand that we have a a secondary role in blessing. We we bless him and we bless others by reacting in a certain way to the blessing that God gives us. Yeah, you're 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 going to bless others when God's blessings are in your life. You can't help it. You're going to do that. But this psalm focuses on your response, your response to the blessings of God that really blesses God. David writes that we can bless God. So how? Well, number one, he says we bless God when we worship God. The first part of verse 5, may we shout for joy over your salvation. Now, this is an act of worship. God offers salvation for the consequences of sin. We deserve to die in our sins. That's what the Bible says. And we deserve to be separated from him forever. The Bible says that too. But it also says that while we were sinners, while we were enemies of God, Jesus died for our sins and took the punishment that was rightfully ours. See, he took, he took God's wrath and he gave us his righteousness. His righteousness, that, that, that's what we need for salvation and for acceptance into the presence of a holy God who will not allow sin to enter into his presence. All we have to do is accept that gift and yield to the lordship of Christ. God let his son die for you. That, he, he died for your sins. Our response, your response should be to accept that gift and to respond with worship. Respond with worship. Bow before him, your Lord. Now, why do we shout and clap and get so excited in worship? Because he saved us. That's why he says, shout for joy over your salvation. Our response to the blessing of salvation is to bless the Lord with worship. We also bless him when we exalt God. This is the second part of verse 5. In the name of our God, set up our banners. See, when a king won a battle, he would set up his country's flag. People still do that now. Sometimes he did this with, with little or no glory for God whatsoever. 
This is why the Israelites were to make a practice of calling God Yahweh Nisi, which means the Lord is my banner. All the way back in, in Exodus chapter 17, Moses writes, you know, Moses built an altar and called it, The Lord is my banner. He said, because hands were lifted up against the throne of the Lord, the Lord will be at war with the Amalekites from generation to generation. So instead of exalting a nation, the king would be better by to, to exalt God after that, that win, that success, that victory. And by letting everyone know that it was God who provided that victory, you can, you can, and, and they could have proverbially put out that banner, right? They could have blessed God. We should exalt God in the successes in our lives too. We take no credit for success or accomplishment. I mean, because we know without God, none of those things are possible. You, you think it is. Go ahead and steal God's glory and see what happens to you. I'll tell you right now, it's not going to end up well. We bless God by acknowledging his work in the battles and the projects of our lives. We exalt him over those things. We put his banner high. That's our blessing to him. David also wrote that we bless him when we trust God. Listen to verses 7 and 8. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. They collapse and fall, but we rise and stand upright. Israeli kings who had a, a great army and trusted it enough to skip the, the prayers for God's favor and victory, they often came to the same end. They were defeated. Today, we can be confident in our abilities and in our equipment, so confident, in fact, that we, we fail to seek God's favor. We fail to seek his help on the matter. But David's words are still true. This is a mistake. Our trust should be in the power and the ability of God. David's son would eventually live and he would write the, his book of Proverbs and he would say, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Trust in the Lord, he writes. It would behoove us to stop trusting ourselves and, and, and other people and our tools and our abilities and place our trust in Christ. It would save us a lot of hurt and failure. Let, let me just give you a freebie that it's going to save you a lot of hurt and anger. This is how you should view people. Okay, You might say this is cynical, but this is going to save you a lot of heartache. I know that you, apart from God, will fail and you will fail me. That's how you should view people. That's a natural result of the sinful decay of man. So there's no sense in me getting hurt or getting mad when that happens. People are going to fail and they're going to fail me. Instead, if you and I are Christians, we should say, I, I trust in the God that lives in you, if he indeed does. When, when you see yourself and others in that light, trusting in the God inside of people, you, you can save yourself a lot of hurt, a lot of frustration when things go south. And, and when we bless God with our trust, it opens the door for some awesome things to happen. And lastly, David says we bless God when we pray to God. Verse 9, O Lord, save the king. May he answer us when we call. Kings who called upon the name of the Lord, they got the Lord's attention. We were told that in the Bible over and over and over. Today, we do the same thing. We pray and we get the Lord's attention. Understand that, that understand what this means 
as as a blessing to the Lord. What hap- well, what happens in prayer? Look at the Acts model, the acronym for for ordered prayer. We pray through the Acts model when we pray in our in our prayer time, and this obviously blesses God when we pray prayers of adoration first. Adoration that obviously blesses God. That's a, a natural intention. Well, prayers of confession blesses the Lord too. When we confess our sins to him, he hears us and, and we agree with him over those sins and that blesses the Lord. We're agreeing with him and then he draws near to us. When we pray prayers of thanksgiving, that blesses God. We acknowledge and exalt his goodness and his favor towards us. And when we pray prayers of supplication, that blesses God too. We acknowledge his ability to do all things. We can't fix this, God, but you can. And so we lay out those petitions before God, and that exalts him, and he is pleased with that. That that blesses him. So that's our role in the blessings of God. It's secondary. Their response to the blessings that he gives towards us, that he you know, pushes to us, and, and we see his blessings, and we're motivated to worship and exalt and trust and pray. And, 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 and let me just ask you, are, are his blessings motivating you? If not, count those blessings again. Look at them again. They will absolutely motivate you to bless him in return. Let me ask you, Christian, would you would you pray to him and trust him and worship him and exalt him today? I hope you would. Non-Christian, would you respond by giving your loyalty to him? Would you see him as Lord of your life? Would you receive his salvation and trust in him today? If you have some questions about those things or want to discuss those, simply start an email conversation with me, mike at fbcclover.com. We'll get you in the right place, and I promise I'll respond to those. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for those listening, and I thank you for your word that tells us about your blessings, how to respond to them, your part and our part in those blessings. And God, we want to we want to respond rightly. So work in us today to, to bless you, to bless you in return. Thank you, Father. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Well, I hope that was a blessing to you. I hope you come back next week from another teaching from God's Word. I'll be in Psalms again next week. I'm going to review Psalm 40, bring you that word. Hope you can tune back again. But until then, have a great week. Be blessed. Remember that if you are walking with God, He is very, very much pro you. Thanks for listening to the Portable Pastor Podcast. Pastor Mike serves as pastor at the First Baptist Church in Clover, South Carolina. FBC Clover is a church that focuses on loving God, loving people, and making disciples. For more information about our church and our ministries, or to make an online donation, go to fbcclover.com or email us at fbcclover at gmail.com. Until next time, be blessed and remember, God is pro you.